It's the MicroConf Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Walling. This week, we're doing another MicroConf Refresh episode where we look back at one of the best talks from the past decade of MicroConf. Today is a talk from MicroConf Remote from March of 2021. It's by Natalie Luneva, and her title is Transform Your Technical Documentation into a Content Marketing Engine. You know that you need product documentation to help your users level up their experience and get the most out of your SaaS. But did you know you could also evolve your documentation to work harder as a lead magnet? Natalie takes us on a journey in converting these somewhat boring, mandatory pieces of copy into a content marketing strategy that makes it easier for your customers to find you. As a reminder, all of these talks are available on YouTube youtube.com slash microconf. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Sometimes it's just good to see the visuals. If you have time, even if you 1.52 exit, to see the people talking, see the slides, and learn from there. And if you're in Austin, Texas today, you'll see me and producer Xander at microconf local in Austin. I hope you were able to make it. If not, microconf Croatia is just in four or five days from now. You can head to microconf.com. I believe there's still a ticket or two left and uh, fly out to lovely Dubrovnik. Hope to see you there, and let's dive into Natalie's talk on transforming your technical documentation into a content marketing engine. We're going to dive into our first keynote of the day. This is Natalie Luneva. She's going to be talking about how to transform your technical documentation into a content marketing engine. Natalie is the co-founder of Outranking.io, and she's the host of the SaaS Boss Podcast. Natalie, thanks for joining me. I'm going to let you take it away. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot. All righty. Um, how do I add my slides? There you go. Awesome. Hey, everyone. My name is Natalie Luniva, and today we're going to talk about how to turn your product documentation from collecting dust to a SaaS growth engine, if you have it. If you don't have it, then I'll share some cheat codes how you can create it. Uh, product documentation is often an afterthought for many founders, and I'd like to show you how it can be used as actually a lead generation. So my name is Natalia Luniva, and in addition to growing our own SaaS company with my husband, I am also co-founder at a company called Outranking.io, which is an SEO content research, writing, and optimization tool. I'm also a growth and marketing consultant to SaaS founders, and I help SaaS companies identify and implement high ROI opportunities. Why high ROI opportunities? Because founders, especially who don't have marketing background, when asked when, when they're asking an SEO specialist, do I need uh, help with SEO? Of course, a SEO specialist is going to say, yes, you need help with SEO. If they're asking, do I need help with content? Well, of course, content person is going to say, yes, you need content. Do I need help with pay-per-click? Yes, you need help with pay-per-click. And all of them are right in, in, in their own way, right? Like, who is guilty of that? I am actually checking the chat here as well. So if you put guilty here, that would be awesome. I know that it's uh, not just me and the founders that I, uh, that I had the pleasure of working with. Um, so I... Full disclosure, I'm not a technical product documentation writer. I'm a marketer, so the advice that's going to come here right now is from the growth perspective. Um, and if you have any questions, type them in the chat. I only have 20 minutes left, so I'm going to try and answer them while I'm uh, running this uh, session. So my promise to you uh, today is what you learn, how to uh, analyze your product documentation effectiveness. Um, number two is best practices to ensure it's not just there sitting and collecting dust. And number three is 
ways to improve conversion rate at least by 10%, maybe a little bit more, maybe like 50% uh, conversion rate on your website, which is awesome. I love when uh, we're able to improve conversion rate on the website, which means that without doing anything, you're just all of a sudden getting more leads, more conversions, more sales, uh, which is awesome. So let's try and make it a little bit more interactive. I wanna know, in your opinion, what is average user path that a user takes on the website? When they land on a SaaS website, where do they usually go? So majority of the times, and I'm looking at the comments, so feel free to drop something there, but pricing, so some says home pricing and about. Okay, very good, yes. Majority of the times, people will first land on the homepage. Next, they're gonna check pricing page, you guys are right. And then next, they're gonna check something like integrations, features, and then the last one's gonna be probably about page. So this is majority of the times, but did you know that people will also land on your product documentation as their first page? If you have a product documentation pages, then people will actually land there and can actually convert into trials from your product documentation page. Isn't it awesome? So not sure if it's uh, if you're able to see that, but this is an example and I'm gonna share with you, by the way, don't worry about that. This is from Google Analytics a screenshot. I'm going to share with you exactly the, the view that you can use to go here. But what we're looking at here is pay, uh, the, mo the sixth most popular page where people convert into a trial is actually none of the pages that we talked about, but it's actually a product documentation page. This page number six by popularity uh, and how many signups to a trial uh, that page had, which is pretty awesome, huh? You probably didn't know that. So. Today, I'm going to show you how you can do this and how you can check for yourself what are some uh, pages that are popular on your website. So overall, the benefits of having product documentation pages are multiple. Number one, obviously, it can bring you SEO and traffic, which I just proved to you. Number two is it's actually helping you decrease support ticket uh, volume. People don't want to contact your support. Uh, despite what you're thinking, like so many people just, you know, contact me and ask weird questions. People don't want to do that. They want to self-serve. Um, it's also going to help you reduce churn and streamline your onboarding, um, increase your customer success and happiness. And overall, this is all going to translate into conversions, in improving conversions from visitor to trial, from trial to paid, uh, which is, you know, good for everyone. Some prerequisites that I'd like you to, that you are going to need to have is number one, uh, you need to have Google Analytics set up on your website. Go ahead and by the way, start opening your Google Analytics if you have it. Um, just uh, go ahead and open because there are gonna be a couple of uh, things that we are gonna be checking in your Google Analytics right now. So this is a hands-on session, okay? Number two is that your Google Analytics is present on the support pages because a lot of times I see that somehow the Google Analytics code is missing from those pages. It is present on homepage, on pricing page, but not the product documentation pages if you have them. And number three is if you have, and this is probably a little bit more for advanced users, if you have goals set up in Google Analytics. So those are the three things that uh, ideally you need to have. If you don't, that, that's fine as well. At least just keep in mind the things that you need to have in place and uh, something that you can check uh, a little bit later. So let's analyze your product documentation together right now. We'll do it. Hopefully you have your Google Analytics I'm checking some comments here. Hopefully you have your Google Analytics open already. Uh, 
my question to you. How often do you guys and ladies check your Google Analytics? Because this, this thing kills me, really. So many times founders like log in there, maybe once every other month. Because and, and that's totally fine if you do, because probably you don't know what you're looking at. So today I'm gonna share with you the things that you can check in your Google Analytics, and then you're probably gonna want to log in there, you know, at least once a week. And this is my recommendation because you need to know what's happening there as well. So if you are in your Google Analytics, I'd like you to go to, let me increase the size of this, to, uh, so you go into your Google Analytics, uh, analytics.google.com. You then go under your behavior and then content, drill down. And then in this great view, which I, I know you probably have not, have never went there and logged in there, but under behavior and then site content and content drill down, you're going to be able to see what are your most popular clusters of pages. So for example, like folders of pages, right? So for example, here, the number one most popular page is obviously the home page. And then all the content that you have under support page is going to be is the second most popular visited uh, cluster of pages. And then the pricing page is the third most popular. So I really want to hear what are your number one, two, three most popular pages, page clusters. I really want to know. I, I, I want to know, okay, blogs. I'm, someone is saying blog. Once a week. Okay, someone's checking check once a week, which is awesome. Uh, what are number two and number three most popular cluster of pages? Oftentimes it is homepage, then the next time is like blog or pricing. Um, and for some companies, you're actually going to see support. And this is the killer that you are going to find very interesting. So someone says home, blog, program, team. Documentation is number one. Woohoo, Jane, awesome. Then you're going to be so excited to, to see what's coming next. All right, let me pull back here. I need to get to my clicker. There you go. Next view that I wanted to go to and check is to go under conversions if you have those set up, because if you don't, you need to work on them. But then next you go to uh, conversions, goals, and then reverse goal path. And then what's awesome here is you're going to be able to see which pages people visit right before they hit uh, the goal, which is uh, convert on a trial. If you have them set up, then this is a gold mine for you. Make sure to check that as well. But in this particular case, hold on, I'm looking at a couple of you commenting here. Um, in this particular case, you'll see that there's actually a lot of product documentation pages that are bringing conversion. And so, by the way, while you were at it, while you were in Google Analytics as a marketer, this is killing me. If you've been given access to other people in the past in Google Analytics, make sure, make sure to go and delete those people if you no longer work with them, because otherwise they have access to a lot of things that you don't want them to have access to, okay? And so, if you look at here, there's uh, a lot, around 3% of all conversions, page num uh, line number six, and then there's another uh, 1%, and then we see a couple more percentage points. So you can see actually here that a lot of conversions are happening on those pages. 
Then the, the last thing that I'm going to torture you today with is go to reverse goal path, and then you're going to be able to see that all the pages, actual pages that are bringing you the conversions, and if your goal set up properly, in this case, this is where I see line number two, line number five, and line number eight together, they bring 12% of all trial conversions. In addition to pricing pages, integration pages, home pages, did you ever, you know, did you ever think that this is possible? That your product documentation pages actually can bring in conversions. Not only that, so just overall total percentage for this pages for this particular SaaS company is 12% of all conversions to trial is coming from those product documentation pages, and that is they didn't even have a call to action on those product documentation pages. Isn't it crazy? How many of you have or do not have call to action on product documentation pages? If you don't, then you can easily increase your website conversion. If you get in traffic to those product documentation pages, you can increase your website conversion overall from visitor to trial, which is crazy. Without doing anything, just adding those buttons, without needing to spend any money on pay-per-click or adding more traffic or content or guest blog posts or anything, you can increase the number of trials. Isn't that crazy? So let's talk about the creation process. So the creation process for product documentation pages. And those are the cheat codes that I'm going to share with you. There are two. Number one is when a request comes in that you haven't seen before and you don't have a product documentation talking about this particular issue, and a person is asking, you know, submitting a ticket, for example. Please, I beg you, do not respond with long, elaborative email and text in the email one-on-one, -on -one, right, to this person. What you need to do is you need to take all everything that you written down the answer. Ideally, you also have like a walkthrough uh, video that you can upload to YouTube or, or whatever, and then add that as well and create a page. This is the easiest way for you to start creating those pages. If you take it as a rule that every single time when someone creates a ticket and you need to provide new information that is not publicly available on your product documentation page, please create a separate product documentation page and then send the link to this product documentation page to this person. Do not answer in private, okay? Number two is I encourage you to start running weekly Q&A sessions with your existing customers, with all of your prospects, with leads, someone who took you up on the trial and didn't convert, someone who converted. So everyone, you want to include everyone and you want to invite them to a weekly session. And this is going to be also like, this is so powerful. Not a lot of companies do that. In fact, I don't know, maybe like 1% of all SaaS companies do that, if not less. This is goldmine. What you do is on a weekly basis, you have one hour calls with everyone. And what you do, you invite uh, your existing database of everyone to those weekly calls. You don't want to uh, word it so that uh, you know you are showing all of your features and stuff like that because this is not about you in particular. This is about you learning what people want, why they didn't sign up to a trial. If they sign up, why they didn't convert. This was very interesting. I hosted multiple sessions like this for multiple SaaS companies as a first step. And they said that we were trying to get people to get on the call with us, like half, a, half, a, half an hour call, uh, and you know, share why is it, just overall their feedback, right? And it is a big ask. 
Well, if you invite people to join your weekly sessions, and those sessions can be structured a little bit like a mastermind. So for example, if your tool, let's say a marketing automation tool, then you can talk about just overall marketing automation. You can bring a couple of examples from your particular tool. You can share the screen, uh, how your tool helps do that. But overall, you talk about marketing automation. You get people to introduce themselves, talk about which company you're there with, which will help in this uh, people to bond, and then they're much more likely to connect with each other. And if you're going to have existing customers, this happened yesterday on a call like this, existing customer joined and they were raving about the tool. And so all of those leads that are currently just sitting and just wondering, should I sign up or not? Is this the best you know, SaaS tool out there? This customer was raving about the tool and she said, I love it. I've tried you know, number one, number two, number three. I hated it. And then this, you guys, you're just absolutely awesome. So do not miss on this opportunity. Run those weekly sessions. Um, quick tip here, if you already have product documentation pages, you can check, uh, go to outranking.io. This is a SaaS company that I'm a co-founder at. And then you can check, uh, you can go click on the homepage, see in action. And then you can check the pages that are that you can basically convert into a little bit more SEO optimized pages as well. So the AI power is actually doing this for you. You just plug in your website there and then you'll be able to see what are some pages that are low hanging fruits that you can convert, you can create into a little bit more SEO optimized uh, piece of content. This is if you already have product implementation pages. I'll share a little bit about the common problems that I see a lot of founders uh, do with their product documentations. And that is, number one is uh, what you want to add in those, uh, hold on, it is creation process. Um, so you want to include multiple like multimedia content into your product documentation pages, which includes video. So for example, if you are able to show a walkthrough, like a screen share, or if you have recordings of those weekly sessions, um, then you can include it into your product documentation, which is, again, improving your SEO value and juice, and Google absolutely loves that. You can include screenshots, then just overall structured text is important. Uh, case studies, uh, interlinking is also important. So any, uh, any interlinking in your internal website from, let's say, your product documentation into another page is considered an extra backlink, which is great, we wanna do that. Uh, breadcrumbs are important both for Google and for user experience, so include it there. By the way, cannot stress it enough, it is important for Google, okay? So breadcrumbs, ideally you wanna have there. And CTAs, do not forget CTAs. Remember, this is like the biggest point of this presentation is CTAs should not be missing from the product documentation pages. Next, some of the problems that I see uh, a lot of companies do is number one, they don't have Google Analytics. Number two, they don't have CDAs. We talked about this. Number three is no keyword research using a free Google tool, or you can go to outranking.io and it's also going to give you some options uh, to check for keyword uh, volume and then you optimize for that. Uh, not having breadcrumbs, uh, problems with the interlinking and subdomain versus folder. There's one letter missing folder. So this is a big one. A lot of uh, what a lot of founders do is they use like a subdomain, something like support that's the name of the website.com, for example. We don't want to do that. We want to have a folder. 
Because if you do it as a subdomain, then you are not passing the juice from the website to those product documentation pages. And Google is not going to rank it as high. So we want it to be a folder. Okay. Um, and I need to switch between the screens. So that's why there's a little bit of delay. So overall conclusion, percentage uh, of traffic that visits your product documentation pages, um, hopefully you were able to check that. This is important. If you have zero, okay, then you probably don't have any product documentation pages. You know that you need to work a little bit on that. I shared with you how you want to do that. Number one is you want to create weekly sessions. Number two, never answer a long repetitive email. Um, always put it as a separate page, okay, that you can then, everyone else can see that as well. Uh, you can also, uh, hopefully you were able to analyze number of trials that come from your product documentation pages. For some companies, uh, it can be 12%. For some companies, it can be 20%, depending on the size of your product documentation pages. And then hopefully you have planned how to improve your existing pages. You know now that you need to add CTA buttons, call to action buttons. By the way, I don't know if you mentioned it, but CTA stands for call to action buttons. So have them on your product documentation pages. This is important. Hopefully you're going to start your weekly Q&A sessions and then I really want to hear what feedback you're going to get out of this. If you start those weekly sessions, please reach out to me. I really want to hear um, your feedback. If you uh, improve your product documentation pages, reach out to me. Again, I'm not an expert in product documentation, specifically writing it. This presentation was about uh, growth tactics and channels and uh, just product documentation is one of them. And that is it. Uh, my website is natalieluniva.com. I'm also a SaaS boss uh, community and uh, podcast, and we do a lot of different things as well. So thank you so much. Uh, we have a couple of minutes for Q&A, so if anyone has any questions, I see that there are some, uh, some comments here. Let me go over them. What tools do folks use in addition to Google tools for search keyword research. Outranking.io is one of them. Um, I would say Google is a good tool. Go ahead and use that. Um, I would recommend at least those two. Start with uh, Google, check out Outranking.io as well. What do you think is the best way to embed CTAs in the documentation without annoying existing customers? Maybe in the CTA, ask them to sign or log in and do not show the CTA to logged in users. Now, if you are able to do that, that is great, I think. If you can't, I don't think that you're going to annoy existing users. And by the way, you can also check uh, in Google Analytics the percentage of traffic that goes to your pages. Is this existing traffic or new traffic? And this is also going to give you an idea whether uh, those CTA buttons, call to action buttons, you know, what make them? Are they uh, just create a demo or uh, ask a demo or create a trial? Which I don't think it's going to annoy existing users. So just check the percentage of people that visit your product documentation pages. And hopefully there's also going to be an eye opening for you. If you're going to find that a lot of first time users enter your uh, website through documentation pages. This is awesome. This is awesome. How do you handle if the opposite happens? A customer is having issue with the tool and scares away a prospect. Oh, in the during the weekly sessions. You know what? 
I don't think that a lot of people will actually be as vocal if they had a problem. They would actually be appreciative of you hosting those sessions. Um, and so even if someone is not 100% happy, we know that there's you know some users, they're always not going to be happy. So that's totally fine. So you can just uh, address that. Oh, yes, I remember we had such a problem, you know, Jane. Uh, hopefully our fix worked for you. Um, and usually they're not as vocal. No one's going to come and just, you know, talk that stuff about you on those weekly sessions. Usually they just don't show up. And it looks like what time is best for weekly Q&A? Okay, we have a lot of questions about weekly Q&As, which is awesome. I really want you guys to try that. We have one minute left, and this is probably going to be one last question that I'm going to take. During the day, well, number one, where is majority of your customers are? Do you know if they're somewhere in the US or somewhere in Europe? Like this is going to depend, like really, where your customer base is. If they're in the US, then US time zone, usually around lunchtime. If they're somewhere in Asia. I don't know about the preference there in Asia. I am here for US uh, audience. I am writing around lunchtime between 12 and 2, maybe 11 and 2. Um, right now, we, I am working with someone in Europe, but majority of their user base is in the US. Um, and so we're doing this around 10 a.m. Central. I think overall, like between 11 and 2 p.m. Central is a good time if your uh, folks are in the, uh, in the US. And that's it, looks like. Excellent. Natalie, thank you so much. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thanks again for joining me for another MicroConf Refresh episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it'd be amazing if you could give us a five-star review in whatever podcatcher you use and give us a shout on Twitter. We are at MicroConf and hashtag MicroConf. would be great to hear from you, to hear your thoughts on these episodes, to find out if you're getting value from them. Thanks again for joining us this week. And we'll be back in your earbuds again next week.